T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Burgundy and Gold. Today, youngest in charge, movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 3 o'clock uh, before we dish things off to the Hoffman Show. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we'll be joined by Mark Schofield, uh, national NFL writer for SB Nation. Uh, we'll take a spin around the National Football League, plus take a look ahead at Washington's big Sunday night game against the New York Giants. Helping us do that right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is the Athletics' Ben Stanley. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ben Stanley. What's going on, Ben? Well, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing all right, despite the fact that when I woke up this morning, the, the phone said it was 25 degrees. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But other than that, doing all right. Yeah, I feel you, man. It was a chilly one when I left out as well, man. You were at the you were on the Zoom yesterday with head coach Ron Rivera. What were you able to pick up? Uh, what were your big t- big takeaways from your guys' conversation with him? Well, I mean, I just think in general the the injury list was a little more uh, <laughs> significant than than probably would have thought. Jamin Davis was mentioned. He had a procedure on his thumb. They say procedure. I mean, you know, he had surgery, I guess. Um, but it doesn't sound like that's a huge deal. And he, Rivera said he expects him to play. But nonetheless, you know, you hear somebody is dealing with something, and and uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's notable for for sure. Um, I think there's still just a lot of vague scenarios, though. Uh, you know, right now between um, you know Benjamin St. Juice, Sam Cosme, even Chase Young, in terms of whether they'll be available to play, we'll probably get a better feel. Hopefully, you know, Thursday or Friday, depending on what happened to practice. But uh, you know, they're Look, everybody's going to be banged up this time of year, um, but I think that's obviously always something to keep an eye on. On the Montez Sweat situation, obviously he's in the concussion protocol, according to head coach Ron Rivera. Going back to the last meeting against the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, he was not on the field for the first two possessions of the game. Was that due to the concussion or him being in the protocol? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I, I, he played roughly um, the same amount of snaps as Smith Williams and Two Hill. Uh, I'm not sure we got a definitive answer on what happened there, and, and, and maybe that's something to follow up on with Rivera if it was something that was coming into the game. But, uh, you know, I remember after that game, Sweat didn't seem to be in a particularly, you know, rough, rough way. And, uh, you know, concussions are always tricky. You never quite know. But since they, it wasn't mentioned going into the game, I mean, I don't know what was – what was going on uh, there for sure. But, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question and something that we probably need to ask a little bit more. But hopefully, you know, he's obviously been a real presence for them, uh, you know, over the last, I don't know, you know, six, seven, eight weeks after that, you know, slow start only in terms of sacks. So hopefully he's out there and uh, ready to, uh, you know, get after uh, Daniel Jones. 
Yeah, with with Montez Sweat and, and James Smith Williams being potentially nicked up heading into this one, how big would a return of Chase Young be this week? I know Ron Rivera uh, has tried to temper the expectations of everybody here locally, but yesterday when we heard him speak, it seemed like there was a little bit more of a quiet confidence as for Chase's ability for Sunday night. Uh, what did you get from that? Yeah, I mean, that's about as hopeful as we've heard, Rivera. I, I'm sort of at this point <laughs> kind of done trying to guess. I mean, I, I feel like – you know, the national media has been all over the place with this story. And, you know, I'm not surprised that we are where we are at this point based on my read. But now, you know, a week, you know, he's had another the bye week to recover even further. If he somehow isn't available to go now, you know, there's a bigger, much bigger questions to ask about what's happening. But Rivera sounded optimistic, said he and Chase spoke on Tuesday and that he feels like Chase is in a pretty good mindset. And, you know, at this point, the doctors have cleared him, so it's just right. him getting confidence on that surgically repaired knee, which was, you know, a pretty significant injury. So hopefully he is ready to go. And, you know, Rivera said it would probably be, you know, like 12 to 15, 16 snaps. Um, not a huge number, but look, if he can, you know, rush the passer or, you know, just be somebody the Giants have to pay more attention to, you know, that can open things up for other guys. So uh, it would be significant to get him back. At the same point, I'm not expecting, like, the full-throated version of Chase Young, um, maybe not even for this whole year, but you know, certainly not uh, Sunday. Ben, this team 6-1-1 one one in their last eight games and really seem to be building momentum as we hit the home stretch. Uh, the, the national folks flex this Sunday night game, or flex the game into Sunday night football to be Washington's first Sunday night contest since 2017. From an atmosphere standpoint, what are you expecting to see Sunday night at FedEx Field? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, night night games are not fun for those of us uh, on deadlines or things like that. But in terms of like the atmosphere, I mean, it's typically you know always a real you know a real treat. You know, there's a lot of energy. Now, obviously, we you know we know that FedEx Field has not been a sellout for in terms of Commander fans. I would imagine there'll be a lot of New York presence in the building. But look, look, if you're if you're a Commanders fan, you know if you're one of the people still willing to to go out there and spend your money. I, I don't even just mean because of Dan Snyder. I just mean because, right. you know, the modern era, people like to stay at home and watch on their big TVs. But if you're going to do that, I can only imagine how pumped you're going to be for this game. I mean, this really is – obviously they had big games in 2020, but that one always felt like kind of like a, wait, is this really happening kind of a vibe? Like you're <laughs> right. not really buying it. But this is like a real deal. Like they're set, you know, they're 7-5-1. and one. They've been playing better. Uh, you win this game, and your percentage chance of making the playoffs increase dramatically. And, and then you know you can start going from there. So uh, it's a huge game. I would think that the fans should be pretty uh, pumped up. Uh, those who show up. We, we talked about the injury situation along the defensive line, the offensive line, an entire different story. Uh, the big loss uh, that we learned during the bye week was Tyler Larson being put on injured reserve. Ben, when when you take a look at that loss, I've been on the record saying I think he's one of the unsung heroes uh, of this six one and one stretch. I think since he entered uh, in that Chicago game, it really felt like he's brought a a, st- a calm, steady presence along that offensive line. His replacement uh, in the game was Nick Martin on last Sunday against the Giants. Do you expect Wes Schweitzer, if healthy, to get a crack at the center spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. It's going to be interesting because. Um, you know, Nick, Nick Martin is a natural center. West Mar- West Whites are not as much, but West Whites are, I think, is the better lineman. And I guess the wonder, the only wonder would be, you know, the Giants do a really good job under defensive coordinator uh, Wink Martindale, sort of, you know, shifting 
their their looks and making it challenging to figure out you know exactly what they're doing play to play. Uh, you know, I think Schweitzer obviously has experience, but probably not as much as Nick Martin as a true center. So that would be the one question. Uh, the other variable is you know what happens at right guard. Rivera sounded at least I think optimistic that Trey Turner could be back. I said I don't I don't know about Tim Cosme. Does would he prefer Schweitzer at guard though, right. and going with Nick Martin at center? I think that's a question. I, I'm guessing, if I had to guess, I would say it's Schweitzer, and then either you know Turner or Cosme. But uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, question. And look, I mean, this is you know you're on the third string center. Like, center is not a position we get all worked up about generally. But you know, Larson was the primary backup. Now you're down to the third string, and you know, at some point, it's hard to just keep going next man up. So hopefully, they can. Uh, you know, figure this out, especially, like I said, it's a pretty tough opponent um, for this specific, uh, specific uh, uh, center position. Joining us right now on the Team 980 Guest Hotline is senior writer for The Athletic. He covers the Washington Commanders. Uh, it is Ben Standing. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Ben Standing. I want to flip back over to the offensive side of the football, Ben. Where is this group right now uh, offensively? They're coming off one of their best statistical performances of the year uh, in the last meeting with the Giants. It was the first time all year that they have thrown for over 270 yards and rushed for over 150. Uh, Where do you think this group is right now heading into Sunday night? Uh, I don't know that they're any much different than where they've been. I mean, I do think the Brian Robinson component continues to be impressive. And, you know, it's really kind of wild because so much of the focus obviously was on his – you know, you know, incredibly unfortunate situation before, right before the season started that, that we forget or not forget, but we kind of overlook how impressive he looked in the preseason. And, and now we're really starting to see that again. He is just so hard to bring down and he gives this offense uh, a tone setter there, but it, it also just takes off a lot of pressure off the passing game. Uh, they put up a lot of passing numbers in that last game in part because they fell behind and Taylor Heineke threw the ball for over you know, uh, I think 35 times for the first time this season. That's not what they want. They want to, you know, him to stay in the in the in the probably low to mid 20s uh, in terms of pass attempts and lean on the run. They have the playmakers. We know that. Right. I think it's just a matter of you know, can the line hold up and and how much do you trust Heineke to make certain throws? Uh, you know, if, if the defense can keep doing what it's doing, you may not have to score more than 23 points to win. But, you know, you'd like to think that you could score more if you have to, and I think that's kind of where we don't know that they can do that because they really haven't shown much of that. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line and they're needing them to step up and play better, quite frankly. Uh, we saw in that Giants game specifically, Scott Turner went with a lot of max protections up front, uh, and it really you know limits this offense, allowing them to really only run three-man route concepts. Uh, where do you think the trust level is right now with offensive coordinator Scott Turner and not just the offensive line, but the quarterback as well? Well, I mean, I think in general there's probably, you know, just basic trust. But, you know, I think we saw you know, some conservative play calling in that late in that Giants game in, the, in overtime. Um, you know, look, I think if they can run the ball, right? you know, that's going to make a huge difference. If, but if, if they get turned one-dimensional or they fall behind by 10 points, that type of deal. I think things got a lot more complicated. Uh, you know, as long as they can stay, you know, ahead of the sticks, you know, avoid long third downs. You know, I think they're in a pretty good spot. You know, for all the knocks we give Heineke, he, you know, he's incredibly adept at Scott Turner's system. Yeah. He's a smart player out there. He knows where the ball needs to go. And look, he's you know, he's clutch. I mean, I, I value clutch. <laughs> 
an incredibly high uh, amount. Like if I was doing a Madden rating type deal, like I'd want a high clutch number for my guy. Um, and he gives that to you over and over again. But, you know, you got to get to that spot. And I, I just with him, I always wonder when do the interceptions start yeah. accumulating? Because it just feels like each game you could tell me he had three or so, but it doesn't ever seem to happen. So hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully it keeps going the way it's going. But, uh, you know, the, the, that's the part that's tricky. But like I said, his mobility is so huge to help that offensive line, which remains, you know, fairly leaky in pass protection. So it's it's such a fascinating dynamic to figure out how to make it all work. And, you know, again, they, they largely have, but they do still need to score a bit more than they have. Yeah, speaking of the quarterback position, Ben, Carson Wentz obviously activated uh, off of the injured reserve list. Ron Rivera saying yesterday uh, he's going to most likely be the backup for Sunday night uh, against the New York Giants. Moving forward, though, what do you make of Ron's reluctancy, so to speak, to name Taylor Heineke the starter for the remainder of the season? Do you think he's trying to keep the door open in case of poor play, or do you just think it's just something he's not really concerned with right now? I mean, maybe it's, uh, he's not too concerned with it right now, but, you know, look, they, they went out and got Carson Wentz for a reason. And and the reason – forget Wentz specifically, but the reason was they just felt they needed more at that position even after you know, after looking at Taylor Heineke for 15 games last year. I, I, I think, again, Taylor Heineke has moved himself way up in the quarterback tiers in this NFL. Yeah. He's in that same tier now with your Andy Dalton and your Teddy Bridgewaters, guys that can start – but maybe that's not the ideal call over the course of a full season. And, you know, I, I think, like I said, when you get to the – start playing some of these teams or you get to the postseason if you can, you can't just score 17, 20 points and beat Philly and beat Dallas and beat, uh, you know, probably Minnesota or whatever. And, I, you know, I know they just beat Philly and they were close to Minnesota, but that's just – the reality of it and because everything's going to get ratcheted up in the playoffs and that's where the Carson Wentz factor comes into play he's got the the arm talent to keep up with some of those other quarterbacks he's also lacking in some areas and that's where um I, I think for Rivera's perspective you know if they come out here against the Giants and you know lose or put up a stinker it wouldn't stun me at all if he switched over to Wentz for that factor I, there's a lot of variables I get the Heineke Hive is very passionate about their guy <laughs> and they'll point to the record, and I'm not arguing with you. I would stay with Heineke for now until further notice, but I can't ignore the fact that, you know, they would have a big, a higher ceiling, which is maybe what you have to lean into um, when you're going up against the better teams in the playoffs should they get there. Yeah, you mentioned having a higher ceiling offensively. Ben, you know it. From, from a statistical standpoint, in between the 20s, I feel like Taylor has done a nice job uh, orchestrating this offense up and down the field. I know he's been aided by the running game a lot with the emergence of Brian Robinson. In the red zone, though, this group has really struggled. I believe they're 26th in red zone efficiency uh, on the season. And since Taylor Heineke's taken over, the number may be lower than that. Uh, how do you see them improving in that area? And do you think that's somewhere that they can improve? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing, right? I, I always like to believe when we talk about athletes and, you know, can they get better? I always like to think we all can get better in life. But right. I think also, I think Taylor Henke's kind of maxing out. Again, I'm not knocking it, but, you know, he's not going to get taller. And when you're in the red zone, you need, it's good to see over the line to see these receivers, especially when their wide receivers are none of them are big targets. That's got to be a factor in in why they've struggled in the red zone, as well as the fact that you know he doesn't have the biggest um, arm. I guess the one thing is 
you know, we, st- we, we have not seen Taylor Heineke run much at all. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that is the wonder. Can you get him to, to, to go up the field more in which case, you know, in the red zone, perhaps that um, you take advantage of some, of some running lanes or the giants focused on, you know, the, the receivers and, and, and go that way. But other than that, you know, I, I don't really know what else they can do other than just, you know, do some really good game planning and figure out where the Giants have some weaknesses. But they are who they are, and uh, I just don't, you know, I, I just think Heineke's limited what he can do, even though he can do some good things. Right. Yeah, we mentioned the, the, the stretch that this team is on right now, 6-1-1 one, and one in their last eight games. Uh, big picture here, what's been the biggest surprise to you of this eight-game stretch? I guess I would just say, like, you know, early in the year, they could not generate a turnover on defense to save their life. And now the the secondary has really become a, a bunch of playmakers, you know, ever since the, they kind of moved on from William Jackson, you know, feels that things have turned around both in terms of, you know, fewer broken coverages, but also just the ability to be a presence. And, and I think you look, Derek Forrest, I think has really been a pleasant surprise in that regard. Plus his ability to play, um, you know, center field, which lets them put Bobby McCain, a former corner in the slot, you know, on some level to work as a third corner when St. Just is, um, well, I guess really kind of either way, but, um, you know, I, I just think that group in general, it's, it's really stepped up and, you know, it, the defensive line can do all the good things it does, but if the players behind them are, are, are letting them down, it doesn't, it won't matter as much, but I think the secondary has really helped up and that's why this defense has now gone from being, potentially good to actually pretty good and, and, and they're probably their best hope for having a run here down the stretch um, and I think that secondary you know I, I didn't see it coming to this degree um, you know earlier in the year being joined right now by Ben Standing senior writer for The Athletic he covers the Washington Commanders you can follow him on Twitter at Ben Standing a few more here for you Ben before I let you go uh, the league meetings going on right now in Texas uh, what do you expect to hear uh, at the conclusion of those on the commander's front, and do you have any update on when we could potentially get this Mary Jo White investigation? Yeah, I'm not expecting much on the on the Snyder front now in this in these meetings. Now that said, it just takes one owner like a Jim Irsay to come out and speak his mind, and then all of a sudden we've got stories. But I don't know if I expect anything formal to come out of this at all from what from what I've heard. Um, in terms of Mary Jo White. Sort of the same deal. I don't. I have no idea when this is coming out. I, I reported the other day that, from what I was told by a couple of people, she has yet to interview Dan Snyder. Now, I, I don't know. Wow. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what to make of that. I, you know, uh, it could be that you know, still looking into various components uh, of what that investigation entails and want to get more information before going to Snyder and possibly presenting it to him. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess the cynical side of me thinks. <laughs> From the NFL's perspective, there's no rush for this. You want, you know, if he's potentially going to sell the team, you want to move the move that direction forward and as fast as possible, and not get other variables kind of mixed into this. So it could it could be a while, but I I don't know. I think you know I've not heard when 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 this is going. And like I said, if if they have not interviewed Dan Snyder yet, then obviously you wouldn't think it's happening anytime soon. Ben, I'll let you go on this, man. Single elimination playoffs, really, for the rest of the way right now for Washington. Big Sunday night football game this weekend. Do you think they get it done? Um, I, I, well, the Giants are clearly, I don't know, reeling is maybe too strong, <laughs> but they're clearly struggling right now 
to say the least. And, you know, they're pretty one-dimensional on offense if Saquon Barkley doesn't get going. I, you know, turnovers are always a huge factor. You know, there's, that, you know, there's always like a random play or two that can change things, change the game. But, you know, even though Washington's coming off a sort of a, you know, a bye week, a, 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 sorry, a tie and then a bye, and you kind of wonder where they're at from like an emotional standpoint, they were on such a good roll. But I think Washington does get it done. I just think Brian Robinson's been too good in that defense uh, as well. So, you know, something, you know, in a typical Washington fashion, you know, 20 to 17, yeah. something like that, I think gets it done. What can we expect this week on the podcast, my man? Yeah, uh, I, I talked to uh, Jay Gruden, uh, talked to him about this game. I also asked him his thoughts on the uh, oversight committee report in which he was mentioned. Uh, so that's there. And, you know, we'll preview the Giants game later in the week as well. All right, Ben. Appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That is Ben Standing of The Athletic. When we come back, we'll recap some of Ben's thoughts here on the Team 980. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.